Just uh, to an opening here in uh, Psalm uh, chapter 9, or the ninth Psalm. Let's read a verse here. Praise God. We sang about this principle this morning, that we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony. And so every person that benefits from the blood of Jesus only does so because they believe in it and they talk about it. Knowing that the blood was shed and that you could plead the blood, that that blood that was shed from Jesus Christ has a role today in protecting you and blessing you and sheltering you, knowing that won't do you any good. That's like having a Bible on the, on the coffee table and that making you a spiritual person. Now, if you never pick it up, it kind of makes you a little bit more of a less than average kind of intelligent person. No, you got to pick it up. And get into it, glory to God. And uh, we got to really break free some, from some mindsets that we've fallen into. Yeah. Because I know a scripture's in there and I went like that and said amen, that it's working for me. It's, it's not. <laughs> and, uh, but uh, I love this principle. Psalm chapter 9 and verse 1. David said, I will praise thee, O Lord, with my whole heart. I will show forth all Thy marvelous works. The Amplified says, I will praise you, O Lord, with my whole heart. I will show forth, I will recount, I will tell aloud all of your marvelous works and your wonderful deeds. Amen. Let's go to one more. Let's go to Psalm 78. And really, you could pull many, many examples of this from the Psalms. David talked about, I will make my boast of the Lord in the sanctuary. Right? And so I hope that those that are coming to testify, we're not going to, you know, give 90% of our few minutes to the devil and talk about what he's done and then go, oh, young God put me through, you know? (laughs) No, but we're going to make our boast of what God has done. Hallelujah. Yeah, you've got to tell a little bit about the pressure and whatever came, but, but, uh, you know, you've got to learn how to give a testimony. And, uh, you know, Brother Hagin talked about one precious lady. She mixed up her words and she said, you know, the devil's been after me all the week. Bless his holy name, you know. <laughs> That's kind of funny, isn't it? <laughs> she got her words mixed up. But anyway, Psalm 78, verse number one. It says, Give ear, O my people, to my law. Incline your ears into the words of my mouth. I will open up my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings of old, which we have heard and known, and our fathers have told us. We will not hide them from our children, showing to the generation to come the praises of the Lord and his strength and his wonderful works that he hath done. The Amplified says that we will tell the generation to come the praiseworthy deeds of the Lord. And I've heard from some, I'm just looking forward to stepping aside for a few minutes, and, and we're going to tell of the praiseworthy deeds yeah. that the Lord has done uh, for us during this period of time. It goes on, and to tell of His might and the wonderful works that He has performed. Amen. And uh, praise God. And there's, there needs to be a place, I believe, in our church, in, in every church, for people to be able to tell Amen. Of the good things that God uh, has done for each of us. So first up, I've asked uh, Dr. Harold Schultz, one of our deacons, to come. Why don't you give him a big hand as he makes his way to the front. Dr. Harold and Suzanne have been 
serving God for many, many years, and I can tell they're just as on fire today as they were many years ago for God. Amen. And so excited to hear this testimony, Doctor. Now, you can stand if you want, and that chair's for you if you like. Yes, sir. If you don't, you just kick me out. I may sit here for a minute. Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise God. I want to set the record straight, first of all, this morning. You know, a lot of us come from different walks of life, different backgrounds in churches. And uh, there seems to be some teaching that has been done in the past that separated healing from salvation. Okay? That's wrong teaching. I got this cross on right here, and the cross says paid in full. I shared with my wife this morning, if you just got salvation at the cross, didn't get your healing, it's not paid in full. There's still something there for you to get. So you got to take it all away, paid in full. Salvation, healing is together. It was all done the same way. Passed a quote of scripture a while ago. By his stripes we are healed. That was done at Calvary at the cross. Okay? Now, the other thing is this. I run from Pastor Chris a lot. He's a young man, but he walks close to God, people. I've served with older ministers. I've, I got saved in 1973. And God has taught me a lot, but I've learned a lot here from my pastor. And one of the things is this. He said, God is our provider. It's not your job. It's not anything else. He is the provider, and he provides all. Okay? But if you're going to believe it, you've got to walk it, you've got to talk it. You can't change midstream. You can't, you know, have doubts and unbelief because it ain't going to ever work for you. All right? So I'll give you a little background. Uh, December 2018, a doctor here in town declared that I had uh, prostate cancer. And he said, there's no cure for it. He said, it metastasized to your bone. And uh, so he says, not much we can do. And when he said that to me, my wife was in the room with me. And when he said that, I told him, I said, Doc, you got a bad report. I said, I am not trying to put you down in any shape, form, or fashion. I said, but you're telling me what you've been trained in, what you've worked in, your experience, but I said, you know what? I said, I know the great physician. And I said, in Psalms 103.3, is that he forgiveth all my iniquities and healeth all my diseases. So I said, you know what that word tells me? There's not a disease out there that can attach to this body or affect this body as long as I walk under the blood of God. He looked at me like I was crazy. And I asked him, I said, are you a believer? Yeah, yes, yes, I am. He says, and it says that one day when Jesus comes back, we'll be just as he is. I said, no, Doc, you got it wrong. We won't need it when Jesus comes back because we will be just like he is. I said, it's for people down here right now that don't have Jesus down there. That's what healing's for. Okay? In February of this year, it took from 2018 to February this year to get to see a cancer doctor. I went to another urologist down down because that one I said that to wouldn't see me anymore. <laughs> so so I had to drive to Mayfield to see a urologist down there. And this guy, to me, you, I, I called him a quack. I, I I didn't like him when I first went in there. And all, all he, well, he never examined me. All he did was took the information I brought to him on a CD 
And that's all they want to talk about and say, well, we take a, do blood work every three months and yep, you know, you're okay. But we need to do this. I said, no, we ain't going to do that. I said, I am healed. January of this year, Pastor Chris and, and uh, Dr. Jacobs were here prayed for me. And I, and I agreed with the pastor, and I agree with Brother Jacobs. I've said from day one, I'm healed. I don't have this, what they're saying I have. So uh, and I, I'm on blood thinners from the, from the VA. So in January, they, uh, they told me, I want you to get off. Of, I was taking uh, an herbal supplement. I want you to get off of that for about three weeks because we have to see what's going on with your blood. It's okay. So I did. Well, in February, February 25th, when I went and seen the cancer doctor for the first time, they did lab work, and I had a PSA of 125, which any of you, if you know about it, that's very high. Normal PSA is below four, you know, one, two, something like that. Mine was 125, and in, I, in fact, in December, uh, it was, if I remember right, 7.1. But when I got off of this herbal supplement and that, but you see, I attribute the herbal supplement, Almighty God. He made every plant, every bearing seed in this world. Okay? And we don't need man's drugs and, and prescription medication chemicals to be put in our body. I've said this from day one. God made this body so perfect that it will heal itself and we'll keep man's junk out of it. Okay? So I, I got off of this stuff. A PSA shot to 125 in February. I called my friend that I get it from. He says, get back on it. Don't let him take you off of it. He said, it works. He said, it's from God. He said, I want you to take six ounces three times a day. I said, okay. So that's what I started. Uh, March, 20, uh, March 19th, 24 days later, went back and did some more lab work. The PSA dropped from 125 6.4. The cancer doctor couldn't believe it. He's looking at me. He's a study. He's a good patient. Good patient. He's a Filipino doctor. And he speaks broken English. He said, good patient. Good. I said, no, good doctor. He said, no, good patient. I said, I said, good team. You know? So, go back the following month in April. It had dropped from 6.4 down to 1.330. And he was really... He was really jumping up and down, you know. And I'm praising God all the time, you know. And um, so I said, Doc, I said, what's the lowest? I said, we're going out of zero. Oh, no, no, no. He said, you can't go there. He said, the lowest is 0 0.014. I said, that's where we're going, <laughs> you know. So he looks at me and he laughs. He says, tell your wife, tell your wife. Good patient, good patient, you know. So I turned around. And went back last Tuesday and did some more lab work. It dropped from 1.330 to 1.030. So, I mean, it's on, it's on the way out. You know, and, and God is, is so faithful. If we'll just take and walk and not doubt and believe his word and stand on his word, there's not a devil in hell that can beat you. Okay? But people... Don't let him separate you. As Pastor said, don't don't be the banana standing out there. Be the one, be the one right there with the bunch. You know, being in church, being believing God, being the Word of God, study the Word of God, talk the Word of God, 
Walk the word of God. And you'll see blessings uh, on finances. Many years ago, and I'll, I'll stop with this. Many years ago, my wife and I will be married 43 years this September. And we were talking about finances and that. We've been faithful to give. When we first got married, I was raised in the Catholic Church, and I didn't know a lot about tithing. Uh, my wife was raised differently. But I, I believe the old lie from the devil and said, hey, I can't afford a tie. We were running $1,500 over drawing our checking account. And that's all I was bringing in every two weeks. And, um, but I was, I was seeking God. I had a hungry spirit, hungry heart. And I'm coming up the river on a towboat. I was captain on a towboat. Then I'm coming up the river at about 2 o'clock in the morning. Me and the Holy Spirit is having church. And the Holy Spirit says, you can't afford not to pay tithes. And I said, well, would you explain that to me? And he says, yeah. He said, would you rather live on 100% curse money or 90% blessed money? I said, I'll take the 90% any time. So I called my wife up and woke her up 2 o'clock in the morning. I said, sweetheart, i got to apologize to you. I said, I've been wrong. I said, when you get the check next time, I said, you can't go to the bank with it because they'll keep it. I said, go to my friend who had a store down there. I said, catch a check, take the tide right off the top. I said, then go pay whatever we can pay. Well, we can't get this time, we'll get next time. So we started doing that, and I started keeping a ledger of all our bills that we had to pay, and the tides came off the top all the time. We sit there fellowshiping with the Lord, heard I one day in our trailer, and the Holy Spirit says, if you're faithful and you're giving, to who I tell you to give and how much and paying your tithes and offerings above that. He said, in your latter days, I'll take care of you. Several years ago, I don't know, maybe eight, ten years ago, I was on a job making good money. Couldn't save anything. Didn't save anything. Maybe could have, but we didn't worry in the habit of doing it. Helping other people and doing other things. And then one day, we sit, we're sitting there paying bills and the wife says, I don't know. I, I, got, I don't see what we're going to make. I said, whoa. Sweetheart, I said, God doesn't move in a negative. He moves in a positive. And I said, what I see in the spirit of God right now, there's coming a day. All our bills will be paid. There'll be money left in the checking account. And before I retired in 2014, in fact, the end of this month will be six years, I prayed and I asked God, I said, Lord, I don't want to change my style of living. I don't want to if I want to take somebody out and buy them a meal, I can do it. If somebody comes to me and needs money, I want to have that amount to give to them. And God has been faithful. Since I've retired, we put money in savings every month. And I have, uh, I'm, it, it's just such a blessing what God has done is being faithful in his word. Because the time has come that all our bills are paid, there's money left, and we still help people. Yeah, so praise God. <laughs> praise God.
Hallelujah. You know, I can tell you, you know, it blesses me. As a pastor, you're, you're privy to more private things. And, and so I, I knew about this back in 2018. And I watched this man come in before Wednesday night services with symptoms and tears running down his eyes. But all he would say is, by his stripes I'm healed. He just stood there, stood there, stood there, stood there, stood there, he and his wife. You have to resist. You have to stand. And uh, But uh, got that report during this whole event. And so praise God. He was such a wonderful healer. Glory to God. Well, I'm going to invite Micah to come. He texted me yesterday and said, Pastor, I've got a testimony, so I'm looking forward to hearing. So recently I've been believing for a car, basically, and I've just been um, praying in the Spirit and all that stuff uh, until I, um, it came to pass. And then basically um, my dad, um, I think it was like a couple of days ago, um, right after we uh, finished family prayer and stuff, and I was like, during family prayer, I was like praying extra hard for faith in my car and stuff like that. And then the next day, my dad said that um, tomorrow we'll be going, um, taking an airport um, airplane to go and get my car from Ohio. So I just want to thank God for that. I don't really know yet. Yo, you don't know. Okay. I know it's great. It's a surprise card. It just melts. It's got to melt your heart, doesn't it, Dad? When you're having prayer, and your son is praying and using his faith. Amen. Amen. I'm like you. I got God use me. We're gonna go get this done. <laughs> so great. So so great. Praise God. Jerry and Kathy. Praise God, I heard you guys had a testimony. Why don't you come and share? Is it both of you, tandem, one of you? Come on, both of you come. Praise God. Give them a hand, everybody. Praise the Lord. <laughs> um, before we got here today, because of the, I'm not going to go into this, but because of the shock of Dennis's passing, we've gotten to be good friends with him. We said neither one of us feel like doing this. But oh, praise and worship did what it does. And it got us past that. And we are overcomers by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. And I thought because of him, we are going to stand up here and give the devil a black eye because the Lord is faithful. He is so good to us. But I just want to praise God quickly. I don't know what he's probably going to talk about our business and how the Lord has blessed us even through this time, more so through this time. But our family, our girls are blessed, our family's been healthy, and our children have our one daughter flips houses, and she had a house for sale right when the lockdown happened. It went up for sale a few weeks before, and praise God, it sold. She's got the closing on May 30th. It's been, it, praise the Lord, right in the middle of all this. It's already been appraised, it's been inspected, it's all a go. Our other daughter's house was for sale. It sold last week. Praise God for that, and our other kids are doing well, but our other um, daughter and son-in-law, they have two little boys, and they've she's believed for a little girl for ages, but did not want to get pregnant. Her pregnancies have been horrible, and God brought them a foster baby. A year ago, she turned one in December. They got her when she was six weeks old, and the parents have thrown fits, they've caused court scenes, they've done little other than cause trouble, but through this time, 
they came to realize that the baby was better off and they backed off and she is being adopted now right in the middle of all this and I just praise God for all of that but I just want to say that we traveled for years on the weekends and visited other churches and we still tithed and God was faithful as Jerry always says we lived in the land of just enough <laughs> where our nose above water but until we got hooked up with you all here with our pastor and came here and got under his teaching about you know other than just assembling do not forsake assembling I've heard that all my life but until I got under his teaching and realized why and that you have to be connected to a local church I mean since we have come here and gotten involved with you all and with him our life has gone straight up our finances our health our prosperity everything our love for the lord and it just i just can't encourage you i'm not standing up here to brag about what we've done i am bragging about what god's done but i want to encourage you take a chance do something different step out and get connected with us here and give and and watch him work he is faithful we praise god Okay, well, she didn't leave me much. <laughs> Pastor did say I could look good up here. I don't know. You can be the judge of that. I'm going to thank Brother Harold. I was moved by his testimony. Uh, we hadn't come here very long, and we were one of the two that he grabbed and took to lunch. That's good. That's good. We appreciated that. I heard that testimony about being the Catholic and tithing. I needed that, Brother Harold, a few weeks after we started coming here. But I like Kathy could go on and on, and it would again it would almost sound like bragging. But we're here to give the Lord a testimony service. Is about Him, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I remember in our little Baptist church, people that didn't I thought at the time probably didn't have much. They did. They were rich in the Lord. They just didn't have what you and all I have here in the natural. This was forty or fifty years ago. But man, when they got a chance to get up and talk and thank the Lord for their salvation, they did. They did it. And I'm getting emotional. But in the... I'm going to summarize what I was going to say. Kathy set me up. I didn't think we were coming up here. I didn't know she put my name in the pot. But I was reflecting on this time and uh, we've not been in church, but my life hasn't changed a whole lot. I went to the field in the past four or five weeks. We plant, my dad and I planted over 600 million seeds. And we do that some almost every year. And you know something? We expect a harvest. Yeah. Pastor Chris teaches this, and it's true in the field. We get over 100 times our harvest. And it just happens. I've heard it said here also, and I've heard him say it with other great people that he studied under. You know, we did all that in the natural, but the miracle is in the seed. So, really for the next four or five months, the Lord takes over. He does it. So in the, it made me think about this in the past six months or a year. We've got a chance to do some extra in other words, uh, the church is a perfect place to be involved with the extra, yeah. right? So pastors giving us a chance and other people to sow into 
their field. It's kind of like kingdom farming, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Kingdom giving. Other people call it that. So we're blessed to be a part of it. And through this time, uh, our business that we, the, that we take part in, and Kathy talked a little bit, we've had no lack, we've had no shortfall. Been just as busy as we've ever had. So I guess folks will just, there'll be more fields to sow in. Yeah. But have you ever done something and you feel like a few months later that the Lord just says, hey, because you did that or because you made the right decision, that just a peace and a rest come over you? Folks, that's what this Christian living, that's what, we're, that's what it's all about. Thank the Lord for this church and a, a good pastor. See, that's God's plan right there. Glory to God. This has been such a joy. Uh, one of the great thrills of pastoring is getting to see uh, the seed of the word that you preach have its way and have its effect in people's lives over time. And uh, like many of you, uh, Jerry and Kathy have been just such a wonderful uh, example of that. I just believe the best days are yet to come for you and for all of us. Amen. Amen. Well, Sister Eileen, you ready? Praise God. Let's welcome her. She comes to give her, man, it's a miraculous testimony. Praise God. <laughs> Woo, we're so happy to have you here. <laughs> Praise God. Praise God. I'm an overcomer. Interesting, the, the Psalms that you read from, I'm going to read one. Two verses, Psalm 71, I read this every day, and I speak this. Oh God, you have taught me from my youth, and hitherto have I declared your wondrous works. Yes, even when I am old and gray-headed, this is the Amplified, Oh God, forsake me not, but keep me alive until I have declared your mighty strength to this generation and your might and power to all that are to come. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, three weeks ago, something took place. I'm not a person that's ever sick ever have anything happening to me. God's always kept me well. And three weeks ago, I got up. Uh, uh, about 5 o'clock in the morning, went to the bathroom, came back to bed. And I had hardly gotten back in the bed when I was suddenly aware that my legs, from my knees down through my feet, were totally numb. And from my knees up, to my hips were hurting really bad. 
I got a hold of Karen, and I told her, I said, I need you. And she and Mark came right over, and in the meantime, she had called for an ambulance. And, and I, I was just in such pain. I, I, didn't, I, I couldn't imagine what was going on. And uh, she sat down on the bed by me, and I just kind of curled up by her, and I said, you know, I'm just done. And then I looked at her, and I said, I don't mean that the way it may sound. I said, I'm over this. I said, I'm not putting up with this. I said, I'm ready to go, but I'm not ready to leave. <laughs> well, of course, all, all of this went on. And I, they took me to the hospital, and truthfully, I don't remember anything. Uh, I've been told different things. And the fact of the matter was that I could have lost my life, or I could have had both my legs amputated. Do you see me standing here today? Hallelujah! Christ Jesus! Hallelujah! That's right! It's God! All the way! Hallelujah! Hallelujah! It's Jesus! Hallelujah! Jesus. Glory to you, Jesus. Hallelujah. We did it. We did it. We did it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. And it keeps getting better and better and better and better. I was in the hospital for four days and came home. That's God. That's God. They signed me up for Physical therapy, okay. <laughs> I had a walker. It's still at my house, but it's going to leave. <laughs> and the therapist told me Friday, this is my first week, three days. I was going to have four weeks of therapy. And she told me Friday, she said, you know, I'm coming back Monday. But it's what I'm going to do this week. You're done. You're done. I said, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. What can I say? Except praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Do we serve a big God? Yes, we do. Does he care about us? Yes, he does. And I can tell you when I was in the hospital, by myself in this room, and they keep going out the door. They come in and do what they wanted to do, and then they would turn around and go out the door, and they'd shut the door. And there I was by myself. And I thought, you know what? That's okay. Jesus, you and I are going to have a time here. <laughs> and so I, when I was laying in bed, I was praising the Lord, singing, worshiping the Lord, and they'd come in and look at me. And then they go out. <laughs> I've had people tell me, nurses to tell me, I was a miracle. My family told me I was a miracle. Their miracles only come from the Lord. That's where they come from. And I thank you, Jesus. A miracle worker. 
I, I laid there and I sang that song, Pastor Amber. Promise keeper, miracle worker. And God, you are. You are. There is no, nothing I can say that I, I did except I know who I believe in. And he is able, more than enough, greater than anything we could imagine. So if you've got any doubts about what God might do, and I'll tell you he is. Listen. Know this, you're never alone. You're never alone. God reminded me, the Holy Spirit reminded me in the room one morning. And I know this. But the word says over in Hebrews 13 and 5, and the Amplified is what really says it. I'll not leave you. No, never, never. Never, assuredly not, I will not leave you. I'll hold on to you. So if you ever had a thought, even whatever the situation might be, that where are you, God? Oh, he's there. He's there. He hasn't gone anywhere. And he's at work, too. Don't think he's not. He's at work. Hallelujah. Well, all I can say is God is so good, and I am so grateful, and I'm still here, and you got to put up with me. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I'm so glad you're not ready to leave, because I need you, Mom. We got this revival to walk out. It's you've been hungry and full for too long. It's not time to go yet. Praise to God. Well, is there anybody else wants to share? Okay, Brother Philip. Yeah, hands went up. So we'll we'll keep eye on the time. Yeah, great. I see. I don't even have to preach today. This is great. <laughs> this is Deacon Philip. Praise God. Thanks, sir. Well. Uh, I'm going to tell you, I'm, I'm going to make it short and sweet, but uh, you know i got things to say, but anyway, you know, I trust in God and everything, and uh, I'm not perfect, I make mistakes, but I'm going to tell you, I stand here, I work in healthcare, my wife works in healthcare, and I don't even tell her everything, but I have had symptoms galore, off and on, and I remember when I first started in healthcare about 20 years ago, I wasn't even, I never had any sickness at all. I mean, I had nothing going on. And then every time I'd see somebody, I'd get what they had. You know, and, uh, but I've come beyond that. But I'll tell you, from experience, I've told them symptoms to get out of here. You know, by Christ Jesus stripes, I'm healed. But I'm telling you, I've had some mean symptoms. I mean, some rough stuff. And pastors talked about some heart symptoms before he got passed. And I'm not going to go into them in details, but I'm going to tell you. The fact that I stand here right now is a God-given grace. 
telling you. And I will tell you, I almost didn't tell my wife this, but I, I thought I did. I had a dirt bike, and I laid that thing down hard the other day, and I walked away from it, and I shouldn't have. And uh, I still have a few little aches and pains from it, but, but I'm standing here, and I'm justified. And by the way, I sold that thing. <laughs> Got rid of it. And uh, anyway, <laughs> but I'm going to tell you, I mean, my wife supports me in everything I do, and, and I, I'm telling you. I mean, I just, I can't, I can't hardly, I mean, the pains. I mean, my mom had rheumatoid arthritis, and I watched her suffer. And I had someone stand in front of me or sit before me and said, you know what? I wasn't even a Christian at the time. And said, you're going to have the same thing she has. And I looked at him, and I almost went across the table. At him. I wasn't saved at the time. And I said, I will never have what she has. I said, I will never have that because I saw her suffer. But I've had just about every pain I think she's had since then but I've got past it. Amen. And I'm standing here. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Evie, did I see your hand come up? Did you have something you wanted to say? Come on, girl. Everybody welcome Evie. Here you go, sweetie. Oh, boy. You better stand over there. <laughs> for Pug for a very long time and I have I haven't really been praying for her every day but I still prayed for her <laughs> and I got her and she was the most wondrous Pug ever I love her so much but right now she's in the house waiting for me <laughs> Her name's Princess Peggy Purchase of Paducah. <laughs> Princess Peggy Purchase of Paducah. <laughs> she may not give her back. Is that all? Yeah. That's awesome. Praise God. Let's give her a hand. Glory to God. Praise God. You got a pub during the pandemic. All right. Miss Kim, come and share. Kim Triplett's coming to give a testimony. Praise God. Thank you, Pastor. I just want to praise God for his continued protection. Um, most of you know that I'm working for a Dippin' Dots franchise, and I deliver, and I drive this big old delivery van, and... Uh, Two weeks ago, tomorrow, my sister and I went to Jackson, Tennessee to deliver, to set up a brand new account and everything. And we got down there, and it took us a lot longer than what we had hoped, but there were storms coming, and we were trying to get out of there, and we did. And we decided to come back through Missouri and up through Illinois to go back over to where I'm staying and where she lives instead of coming back up through Paducah. <clears throat> well, we get on the GPS, and... I've learned that in almost all my circumstances, when things like this happen, just shut up and go with it, you know, because God has his hand on us. Um, 
she set her GPS and I'm driving and and she's like, turn here, turn right, turn right. I said, there is no right. There's no, <laughs> you know, I can't turn. So I'm going down. And for about 20 minutes, the GPS had us turning left or right, and there were no roads to turn where it said. And we just died laughing, finally, because it was like, what in the world is going, you know? Okay, so we get on the road, and we take off, and uh, just north of Alamo, where that uh, safari place is, storms hit. And... My van was empty, and you know, <laughs> in very light, and the winds were, I don't know how hard they were, but they were tremendous. The rain was coming down so hard that I could barely see the road, and I'm setting up, you know, looking down like this, and I'm just leaning over the steering wheel, and I'm praying in the Spirit the entire time. My sister's Catholic. She doesn't know about necessarily that, but I think she was praying too, you know. <laughs> But, um, and, <laughs> and she, was, she was more concerned that it wasn't showing up as a, on the radar. <laughs> you know, I don't care about the radar. I'm just, uh, God, you keep your radar on me. And uh, it was hailing. It was, I mean, and I could feel the, the van move, but it wasn't, I, I saw cars in front of me be blown, but I wasn't moving. And there was no place to pull over, you know. So we just kept going. And finally I said, I'm going. Yeah, I'm just going. And so we finally drove out of it. And I just, I said, thank you, God. Thank you. And my, then my knuckles got color again, you know. But the one thing that kept going through my mind at that time was, no fear. God has this. God has this. Thank you, Jesus. God has this. You know, I mean, I continually had to just keep saying that. Well, then we get over into Missouri and just north of Carothersville, I realized why the GPS was being so silly. Because they had such straight line winds that it snapped four or five telephone poles off all at once at the ground. There was three semis blown completely over. There were roofs and houses blown over, and we would have been right in the middle of that. And I thank God for watching out for me all the time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so good. So you're saying the next time we are stuck in traffic and can't go where we right? Yeah. I'm telling you, he keeps us. He keeps us. Thank God that he keeps us. Praise God. Okay, anybody else that wanted to share? Go ahead, Brother Philip. Praise God. Hallelujah. Brother Philip Harris. Give him some love, everybody. Uh it just come up on my heart. I had no intentions on doing this this morning, but uh, God's been really dealing with me about this one particular thing lately, and that is the devil is using fear to control people's lives right now. And if you entertain any of that, he's going to get a hook in you. And I don't know, believe it or not, as slick as this head is, Believe it or not, I tend to overthink things. I'm a very, uh, the, the Lord's been working with me over the years. Pastor's been working with me over the years, and he's even smacked me over the head a few years because I overthink things. I, I, I try to figure things out. I've got to figure it out in my mind. I've got to figure it out in my mind. And what that comes down to is pride. And when you get beyond that, you realize, well, I need to trust. 
And what the Lord's been working with me about, and it's really helped me and my wife, is he's not caught off guard by any of this. God has never said, Oop, I never saw that coming. And you read 91st Psalm, read it, and start back over at the beginning, and read it again, soak on that a minute, God's got it. Just like she just said, God's got this. Your job is to trust. Don't figure it out. And so, what really was on my heart was, where I work at right now, and, and Sister Joy is quite familiar, I give this glory to God right now. Because in my mind, I still can't figure it out. It's like I'm in the twilight zone. For your younger generation, it's a movie it used to be at. It's, anyway. So, okay, I work in the coal industry. We bring coal in on a train, we dump it into barges, and they ship it up the river to a huge uh, power plant in Rockport, Indiana, which supplies power to, I think it's like 7 million customers or something. It's an enormous place, huge facility. And they buy their coal in advance, a year in advance. And back in the day, a few years ago, we were running 12, 13, 15 million tons of coal a year through that one little facility right over here in Metropolis. Now they're running under three and a half million. And it was really getting slowed down there where all of us were, <laughs> it's not looking good. They were selling off tow boats. They were selling off this. They were shutting trains down. They were setting train sets apart. And we're like, you know, okay, well, you know, I'm going to have to trust God here. Well, right now, here just recently, over the last few months, we, uh, the way that place is designed, I'll try to make it quick, is they were just, they existed on overtime because it was cheaper to hire, pay the overtime than it was to hire new people. Okay? So we, probably 35, 40 years, that plant's been just living on overtime. That's just the way it ran. Everybody made real good money. They were just rocking and rolling. Coal was flowing through there and all of a sudden everything come to a screeching halt. And it's a big shock to everyone. Come to find out they did this to avoid laying people off. And right now, believe it or not, here's the part that I can't figure out and I'm not, I just give up trying. Right now they are, we are loading coal sending it to Indiana, and they're burning it at a loss. Because it's cheaper to just burn the coal than to, uh, what do they call it, interrupt the contracts from the coal coming. So try to figure that one out. We're, we're just throwing it down the toilet, but no one's lost a job. And I want to give glory to God and I know whenever that ends, something else will come open. I'm not, I, I, I just quit trying to lock my mind on that place. Yeah, right. But it's just neat. I give it all to go. You know, some people may say, well, it's just a business decision or whatever. It's God in my life. Yeah, right, right. Right now, it's God. Because I've asked my wife, since this all happened, uh, our, yeah, your bill's current. 
No, I'm not out on anyone, no. Because sometimes the mind, there it goes, you know, it's a, it, that's what it wants to do. How is that possible? But no, I don't even want to ask that question any longer. God's taking care of it. He's not caught off guard. And He wants to use your finances, your health, your job situation, yada, yada, yada. I don't know what everybody's situation is here, but one, that's that one little weapon that He gets into your life with is fear. And if you, if you let Him get a hook in you with that, then He's going to cause havoc in the rest of your life. So just... Be aware of that. But I want to give glory to God for what he's done in this situation. Praise Shut up. God. Thank you. Hallelujah. Favor ain't fair. Favor don't make sense. We just receive it anyway. Brother Ryan, it looked like you had something coming. Praise to God. Thank you, sir. Well, several people know me, but probably most of you don't. Um, we grew up down here, me and my wife, and uh, we moved away up to uh, Springfield to get jobs. And uh, so we lived in Pharaoh's land for 40 years <laughs> and uh, finally got to move back to God's country. And uh, we brought our uh, daughters with us. And uh, my one daughter was working... Um, and she wants to be a uh, physician's assistant, and so she's been going to school and to college, and at the same time, she's been working at a um, couple of uh, emergency rooms. One's in Centralia, one's in Mount Vernon. Well, when you're driving from Grantsburg all the way up there, that's, that's, that's quite a bit of driving. Well, one morning we got a phone call, and one of those phone calls that you're like, I know this is not going to be good because when it rang, it's like, mm, you know the Lord prepares you for things. The phone rang and I answered it and she goes, Daddy, I flipped my car. And I could tell in her voice that she had just done it or whatever. Well, I'm still hanging upside down. Like, oh, uh, what? Yeah, I'm still hanging upside down. I says, are you all right? Yeah, I'm all right. I go, well, you need to call 911. Don't call me. I can't do anything for you right now. I just, so, she, and she's still hanging upside down in the seatbelt when she's talking to me on the phone. Uh, but uh, we get up there, and the car's already gone. And we get to the emergency room where she wasn't, she works there, but she wasn't working there that day. And she, <clears throat> of course, she smelled kind of bad because when she had flipped her car, she slid off into a ditch in the median, and she was smelling like ditch water, as her sister said. And uh, they were wondering why she was, why she was there. Like, you're not supposed to work here. No, 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 I was in a wreck because she wasn't hurt whatsoever because the Lord was in the car. He was in the car. And uh, the job that I had for 30 years, I was always in control. Uh, I'm in, in what I did, you, you had to be a control person for your safety and for everyone concerned. And so I had a real problem 
turning my daughters over to the Lord. And, you know, the pastor talks about fear. Uh, I never felt any fear when I was working and in, in doing uh, what I did. But the fear that the Lord, that, that the devil would try to put on me was the fears when, when my kids are leaving and they're in that car and that kind of thing. It's just the devil would go, well, she's going to die today. You're going to get that phone call from that trooper. You know, and I'd say, no, <laughs> the Lord's in the car. And I tell you what, when I got that phone call, the devil goes, see, I told you. See, I told you. I'm like, no, I told you. <laughs> Only thing she did was she scratched her finger trying to get the keys out of the ignition. <laughs> and she did that to herself. Like, really? You know. <laughs> so she's, uh, and I look at the car, and, and I've seen a lot of accidents. Okay? And to have looked at the car, how bad it Lee was damaged, and she gets out of it, you know, and just gets wet from the ditch water. Uh, the Lord always, he's always, always, always there. We fail him so many times. And when we went to look for her new car during this COVID thing, I'm like, great, because she had to have a vehicle, because it was totaled. She... She trashed that Toyota. So we're looking for cars. And uh, my truck, uh, I never was sure that I wasn't going to make it back home. It would get me gone, but I was it's going to leave me alongside the road sometime. So I, I knew I needed a new vehicle. And, you know, you're supposed to be wise about your money. And it's like, Lord, why am I going to put $1,500 into a $4,000 truck? What, what, I mean, what sense, that's just not wise. It's just not being wise. And we had tried to fix it, and it just wasn't working. So when we were looking for her a car, we went to one of the Chevy uh, dealers. We weren't even planning on pulling in there. But the Lord knew we were going to pull in there because he had already set things up. You know, he'd already paved the way. He had already, he had already designed it, and he knew what we were going to do. He just... You had to listen, so it's like, let's just pull in here and look. Well, we got a Christian salesman. That's a coincidence. That's a coincidence. Yeah, so uh, we got to looking at vehicles, and he told me about a, about a truck, and I'm like, well, I, we need to get my daughter's car first. So he goes, well, you might want to think about it. You could get two. Cut to the chase. I got a brand new pickup truck, and she got a, a, a newer vehicle, uh, and it's safer. <laughs> and on top of that, when we, you know, your insurance, you know, they always, I'm thinking, oh man, they are going to hit us, they're going to rate her up, because when you use your insurance, they're going to stick it to you, unless you have that favor thing. Yeah, that favor thing. We, uh, we, we got her uh, bill, and they said, well, uh, her car is cost less to repair 
So instead of our insurance going up, it went down. It went down. Yeah, it went down. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. And uh, I was like, how does that work? You know, that doesn't work. And then we got a check yesterday in the mail from country companies. Uh, oh, since no one's been driving, you get a, a, re, a, a rebate check for $114. Well, thank you very much. And on, <laughs> then on top of it, um, where I work, they settled the contract, and we just I just got a, a payroll check from a year and a half ago for, for work we've been doing, so we got another almost $900 coming to us. Thank you, Lord. It's like, appreciate that. And it's, we, we have always, we have always, always tithed. And we always do the first fruits. And we, when they take all your taxes and everything out, you've got to kind of figure, you know, figure up what that was. And we have always done that. And I, I've seen it when we, we had both houses, in, one in Springfield and down here. And when we would sit down and do the bills, I don't know if you guys experienced, you're like, how are we doing this? How is this working? You know, you're paying the tithe, and when you put pencil to paper, we don't, yeah, this isn't working. But then there was still money in the bank, and I'm like, okay, I'm confused here. But you don't have to figure it out. It's just like, okay, Lord, I'll just pay the bills, and, and there was money left over, and it's like, that's it. And, and, then, and then it was like, Lord, it's, it's just you. And you just sit back and go, Wow. Wow. And you wonder, you know, why wouldn't you be a Christian? I mean, why? Because we watch that movie, God's, you know, God's Not Dead. It's like, what's the downside of being a Christian? What's the downside of being a Christian? Because, okay, say this is all a big farce. And, and you just die in your worm food. Okay? You're just like everybody else. <laughs> but, but, if we're right, uh-oh, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like, hmm. Uh, yeah, there's no downside. There is just no downside to being a Christian. So, we want to, we're, we're new here, we want to get plugged in, and the COVID thing kind of messed us up as far as, that's it, we are, exactly, exactly. So we're happy to be here, we're happy to be part of the, the, the family, and we, we want to get plugged in. Praise God. Well, we could go on. But uh, the clock is ticking, and uh, I'll take the liberty of sharing a verse before we get ready to go. Is that okay? Every word is important, and so just so so good to celebrate God's goodness. And uh, go over to Isaiah fifty-four, and Brother Lon, Brother Philip mentioned fear. Of course, I've been ministering on living free from fear. And I just want to share a nugget here and we'll get ready to go. Fear is just such a terrible thing. 
And, you know, fears become a lifestyle, a way of thinking. For so many people, it just becomes, they don't even know they're in fear. It's just such a lifestyle. And, uh, but we want fear driven out of our life. That's right. Now, you know, it doesn't mean that, um, you know, like, uh, not, living free from fear doesn't mean if there's a rattlesnake right here that I wouldn't step this way. Right. <laughs> now, you don't have to do that out of fear, but you do that because you respect that. Right. You respect what it is. What it can do. That's right. Right? The ability. Right? And so, you know, you teach your children why they shouldn't play in the interstate. Not because you're afraid, but because that would be dumb. <laughs> and you respect what could happen. And you don't, you don't do goofy things like not put a fence around your pool at home and you've got little toddlers around you go, oh, I'm walking in faith, I'm not afraid. Well, you may have to fish their little precious body out of the pool because that's... So we're not talking about that kind of thing. But we are supposed to live completely free from fear. And I want to give you another nugget about this uh, just real quick. In Psalm 50, or not Psalm, Isaiah 54, verse 13, we'll read down through verse 17. It says, And all thy children shall be taught of the Lord. And great shall be the peace of thy children. Don't you like that? I believe all our children in this room, out on live stream, because we serve God, we love God, we have God first. God is teaching our children. And great is their peace, their tranquility. Undisturbed, the Bible says, is their peace in the Amplified. Now notice verse 14. In righteousness shalt thou be established. You shall be far from oppression. You shall be far from oppression. Could someone put the Amplified uh, up on that? Uh, grab that uh, in the Amplified. In righteousness shall you be established. You shall be far from oppression, for you shall not fear. And from terror, for it shall not come near thee. Behold, they shall surely gather together, but not by me or not because of me. So see, you're going to see things gather, you know, weapons and dangers and things. But notice it says it's not from God. It's not by God that these things are gathering together. Whosoever shall gather together against thee, what's going to happen to them? They shall fall for thy sake. Behold, I have created the smith, the blowsmith, the coals and the fire, and the, uh, that brings forth an instrument for his work. And I have created the uh, waster to destroy. No weapon. Come on, no weapon that is formed against you shall prosper. That's how my wife pointed out, and of course we know this, but it's important to remind yourself, it didn't say that no weapon would ever be formed. So don't be shaken when the weapon is formed against you. When the weapon of the enemy is pointed your direction. The weapon will be formed, but it shall not prosper. And every tongue that rises up against you in judgment, you shall condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is in me, saith the Lord. So just a couple of quick comments here. Uh, If you go from verse 13 to 14, really what you have are these wonderful promises that we quote, right? All my children are taught of the Lord. Great shall be my peace. Uh, we will be far from oppression. We shall not fear. No weapon formed against me. But I want you to notice 
really what he's saying here, it's not that these weapons won't form, or they won't prosper against Sarah, because Sarah is Sarah. No, it says, notice this, it says, in righteousness you'll be established. And these weapons that formed against you, the tongues that try to judge you, you will condemn. Why won't those things prosper? Prosper because His righteousness is our heritage. So these blessings in this passage are connected to righteousness. Now I know what a standard you know, religious tradition has taught us is that you don't have any. Isn't that what Christianity, religious, you know, traditional Christianity says, I don't have any. My righteousness is as filthy rags. There is none righteous, no, not one. Well, are those scriptures? Yeah, both of those are scriptures. Our, my righteousness is as filthy rags. And the Bible does say in Romans that there is none righteous, no, not one. Talking about in the world. But listen, this says we can become established in righteousness. It's not because God loves you and you're sweet that all your children will be taught of the Lord, that you'll be far from oppression, that you won't tear, there won't be any fear. This is only for those who establish themselves in righteousness. And I want to urge you as we get ready to go today, be about the work in your Christian faith to become rooted and deeply established in righteousness. You say, well, I don't have any. You don't have to have any. Jesus is our righteousness. This verse gives hint to it, even if it's in the Old Testament. It says, their righteousness. Notice, there is a possessive pronoun. So that means Sarah has righteousness, but it's not hers. What does it say? Their righteousness is from me. Paul called righteousness the believer's breastplate. Because it covers your spirit from the accusations of the enemy. None of us deserve God's blessing. None of us deserve God's protection, His favor, His healing, His blessing. But it all belongs to us because Jesus paid it all. Because Jesus paid it all. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5.21 that He who knew no sin, talking about our Lord, became sin. He didn't just carry it. For those brief moments, he became it. And took the full brunt of God's wrath and the punishment upon himself. And then the verse goes on and says, that or so that the result being that you and I who have received him might be made the righteousness of God in Christ. Right now today, believers, we get ready to walk out these doors. I want you to know that legally in the mind of God, since the very moment you received Jesus into your heart, He made you right with Himself. Yeah, you don't have any righteousness. But you still are in right standing with God. And no weapon formed against you will prosper because the righteousness you have is not your own. It's His And so God has a right to treat you and to bless you and favor you and protect you and heal you and provide for you like you would Jesus because Jesus gave you His righteousness. But it's your job to establish yourself. Do you have that in the Amplified? Is it up? Let's read that and then I'm going to pray we're going to go. Hallelujah. 
says, you shall establish yourself. Who? Who's going to do this for you? Not the preacher. I'm telling you, you can and you should. But it's vitally important. Because who's going to be far from oppression? We all want to be. But who's actually going to be far from oppression? Who's not going to be in terror? Who's not going to be afraid? It's those that have taken the time to establish themselves in righteousness. Amen. You shall be far from oppression. And so, you know, God told me years ago, He said, Son, the biggest problem in my children's lives is and always has been that they don't know who they are in Christ. And the devil, right, just like others have said, they're going to beat you up and bombard you and, you know, try to get you to think about your righteousness or lack thereof. What you don't deserve and how unworthy you are. But I'm telling you what the Bible says. Because of an act of love and grace, He made you righteous. And legally is going to bless your socks off on that legal basis. How do you establish yourself in righteousness, you ask, Pastor Chris? You have to renew your mind on what the Word says about you. Stop going by what the devil's saying. Stop going by what you have thought about yourself. Stop judging yourself and what God can, will, or won't do for you based on your performance. Because as an act of love, God has made you and I right with Himself. And you have to become established. Right? Aren't you glad the house you're, it's, it's established on a foundation? Amen. Right? You have to establish yourself by confessing that over your life. Who God says you are. That you are right with Him. Amen? Amen. And it's on this basis that you're going to live free from this awful fear that so many people are gripped by. Amen? Amen. So we all have a work to do constantly to stay rooted, stay established. You know, something that's established can, through time, neglect, become not established. So foundations that become shaky, can they be repaired? Oh yeah, they can be shored up, they can be repaired. I've had God say, go back and establish yourself again in righteousness. Amen? So Father God, as we conclude this...